0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for joining me on another edition of In Your Head with Shannon Stanford. I just do not know what to tell you guys. This uh, The support you guys have been giving me, um, listening to the show, um, buying the t-shirts, just automatically just makes me feel way more special than I do ever really thought that I was. This show has always been about my ultimate mission was to help as many people as I can in life and if this podcast has kind of helped anybody then I am glad. This, sh- this show has done wonders for me as a whole because while I've been dealing with my own stuff uh, this show has kind of helped me with therapy. Um, It's become so much so much of a a needed thing for me sometimes because I'm not great at talking to other people. I've actually just recently got back into therapy through uh, betterhelp.com. Amazing people. Uh, My counselor is just awesome. Uh, I can't thank him enough uh, for helping me realize some of the stuff that I'd been doing was uh, n- not things that I should have been, you know, like helping me just work through some issues that I've been having. And honestly, I feel so much better for it. Um, in this show, I mean, I've been so blessed to be able to interview um, friends uh, that, like I knew some of the issues that they'd had. Um, but I've also had the opportunity to do something like this show. Um, this guest, uh, this guest, I don't, I don't really know him. Uh, I reached out onto Facebook and put out an open invite, and he was like, "Hey, I'm in." So. You know that's what I've uh, always wanted this show to be. You know, the show is for everyone, about everyone, because we're all dealing with sh- stuff that um, we don't like to talk about, or maybe nobody really knows, or maybe nobody will take the time to listen. So uh, today's guest is Dustin McGuire. Um, I don't really know him very well, like I said, um, and I'm looking forward to hearing his story and finding out. About his life um, and maybe you know his struggles and by the time the outro comes maybe I'll have a new understanding of uh, something that he's gone through and maybe he's his story will reflect a uh, something in one of you guys so I guess here we go Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this evening, day, whatever the whatever time you're fucking listening to this, uh Dustin McGuire. Dustin, how are you, buddy?
1: Pretty good,
0: how about you? Uh spent most of the day sleeping. It's uh it's been fucking awesome. <laughs> Wish I could say the same. <laughs> so, uh how's life for you right now, man? What's life for you like?
1: at the very least.
0: <laughs> so, um... Pretty that's just
1: about everyone.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, what was life like for you growing up? Well,
1: growing up it was somewhat decent. I was just diagnosed... Which is a very rare brain disease and essentially a very rare form of uh three following. But affected a lot of the things I gave.
0: Oh wow. So what does it affect? For you.
1: It's affected my handbag coordination. It's affected my speech. You know, the whole just goes on. Oh, wow. And then I, I was diagnosed at like five. I found out about a year, year and a half ago. Even
0: more than
1: we talked. Wow. I ended up. I got my permit, started driving, and could not stay centered in the lane. So over the course of time, we started wondering what the hell. Took us about six months to a year before we finally. Found a specialist and finally got to the bottom of it. Which then I was diagnosed with two more different fucking diseases
0: and has made it to where I cannot legally drive. Damn. I. Yeah. Yeah, that. That completely sucks. Yeah. So whenever you got uh the diagnosis and all this um all this stuff is happening, how does it how does it affect you mentally?
1: It is during your times. There's like a lot of times I just push it off to the wayside and just keep going about my day. But then there's also those days where it's just it's the struggle to get up, and even do
0: anything. What do you do whenever those days are are, are happening?
1: Those days, I usually I'll go for once I actually have the energy to get up. I'll try going on no a longer bike ride. I'll have friends over at the apartment from time to time. And mostly it's re-watching Monday Night Raw, re-watching independent wrestling shows. Occasionally an NXT show or a blackdown
0: show, but very rarely. So, wrestling to you is kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a mental outlet. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I get that. Uh, You know, spending some time in the business myself, you know, like, it was always that safe place for me. Like, you know, like, whether I was watching it or I'm in the ring, it was that time where, like, I'm not dealing, like, I don't have, like, real world issues. The only issue that yeah. I have is, is you know, the guy that I'm cheering for or the girl that I'm cheering for going to kick that guy's ass, you know, or, like, what kind of moves he's going to do or, like, what the story is yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah, it, that's like, it's, it's been a part of my life since, what, I want to say 2007, 2008. And I've grown up around the business, month in, month out at shows, where it's led me to dates where hopefully by the beginning of the year I start training.
0: Oh, that's awesome. so uh so basically you're just you're just not gonna let you're just like refusing to let the things that are like bothering you like stop you from doing any of it yeah yeah I think there's
1: a lot of things that people would say I shouldn't be doing there's I've had a lot of people come up and tell me that I should
0: not go and train. That it would be a waste of money and a waste of time. Well, uh, you know, man, right. you can. It's, you're you're gonna have like, that's that's the thing I I, uh, I love the most, and the, the thing I hate the most about everybody is that everybody has this. Uh, opinion on everything, including the things that you know, like. Your that are like important to you. Um, so exactly. like, if you're gonna and, go ahead, and see, and it's
1: those people that drive me every day. And it's the naysayers saying that you know I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. Like, you
0: how, and, how often do you um, do you come across like somebody that tell that's telling you that you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that? No matter what okay. it is,
1: it depends on what it is. A lot of it, not very often. That's like, I've had. People, here's what I don't get: I've had people who aren't even associated with wrestling at all—not a fan, not a manager, nothing—try to tell me I shouldn't train because they sit here and they, you know, might be scrolling through channels and see one thing occasionally. And that's all they see. They don't realize the ins and outs of the business. Now there's so many different items. But then one show. At the fact that one item to be gone or one item to just not be around,
0: you must a show up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people like to me, like, I mean, I am like I'm a small guy, you know, like I was uh, I've always been small, um, no matter how much I no matter how much I like I went to the gym or something like As my body just was always destined to be small. I'm fine with that. I, I learned to work with it. Uh, I mean, I spent I don't know like 12 13 years active in the ring and like getting tossed around by like all these giant gigantic gigantic guys who just love to toss me around. I mean, I I like, I had to, you know, like I had a lot of people tell me that I shouldn't be in wrestling, that I sh- that I can't do it or I, that like uh, I won't succeed and like I spent most of my entire um, time in the business trying to prove people wrong no, and uh, exactly. it, and then like during the last couple years that I was in there I was like you know what fuck it this isn't about them this has always been about me so I say you know like hey if this is something that you want to do then you go do it, Cause exactly. it you're gonna have that you come across these people and a lot like, but this show being focused on mental health um like you come across these people that like whenever they like take their their lives, uh, some of there's a percentage of them that like gave up on their dreams or had their dreams like taken from them, and they just couldn't you know like they just couldn't wrap their head around like not like not taking that chance, not uh, fully like trying and like exactly, and you and you can't live like that. Yeah.
1: And- one thing that I don't talk to non-wrestling fans, because they won't understand.
0: Yeah, the, and-
1: if I'm sitting here talking to a fan, you know, I'll take a fan's input, or a lawyer's input, before I take uh, fucking nobody in the business who has no fucking clue what the hell even consists in the business. And I saw, like, you know, even if I get trained and I realize, hey, maybe figuring action is not where I should be, you're still going to need ringing officers. You're still going to need managers. You're still going to need the sound crew, the video crew
0: a the good timing, There's always... Like, I, I've always looked at it like there's always a need for somebody in the business. Now, yeah, you, exactly. you're right. Like, not everyone should be an in-ring talent. I mean, I spent yeah. 13 years, and, like, I had a lot of people tell me that I, like, I was too small to be taken seriously as a wrestler. And in hindsight, maybe they're right, and, like, my body probably would appreciate it, like... All uh, not taking all those bumps uh along the way, but like I was very selfish. Like I had to be in the ring, but like I had a lot of fun being a manager. I every once in a while I'll like go and work a couple shows for uh, uh JJ down in Arkansas and as a ref. Fucking love doing that. Like I've been, I I've done the announcing. I've done the like ring announcing. I've done the GM gimmick. I've done it all. Uh, like I was blessed. So like. If your body can't handle the the physical um, aspect of it, that's just one avenue in the business. There's so many others.
1: Yes. And see, what a lot of people don't realize is I only run my own DJing business.
0: Okay. I did not know that.
1: You know where talent may not be where it is. But you call me and you say, hey, we need someone to run sound for a show. Are you available? You know, I'll go from the apartment to a show in a heartbeat.
0: So when did you, uh, get into the whole DJing thing? I've
1: been running sound drive-ish six, seven years, yeah, about six years I've been running sound and then DJing all came about about a year ago, actually about a year and a half ago I had a cousin message me and asked me if I'd be willing to do her wedding. And I said, I'm like, yeah, and then I thing. I'm thinking, like, yo, all these years of sound, I've got people reaching out for me to do second events. I go and rent the equipment for one event, I'm actually renting it for another, and another, compared to, I'm just going to do this full time. And
0: buy the equipment. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna do something, you go go all in. Yeah. So, what was it? Uh, like about that whole like DJing sound equipment thing? That kind of uh, that that kind of like got your attention.
1: It was. What? of experience that I have that people are actually realizing the time I put in and have been reaching at It's like I had freaking I had events lined up through September. Starting in February, going up through fucking September, I haven't even been lined up every single month. I was supposed to do a wedding last Saturday, and then a birthday party tomorrow. Wedding got canceled, and then i am done a birthday party tomorrow.
0: Has the, uh, this whole COVID 19 thing really kind of halted any of your, uh, your bookings and stuff like that? Towards the end of this we'll uh, we'll get you we'll get all that information and we'll make sure that you get plugged and hey maybe you get some new business
1: yeah i got no issue traveling i just i just gotta find a way to even down the state
0: but you know <laughs> yeah yeah um so do you uh do you have a lot of like with uh with what you go through on a uh, on a daily, uh do you do you get a lot of anxiety around like going places or uh like being around people?
1: Not really. I um, one thing I've never really had much of like those times. It's like, it's, most of the anxiety I deal with is days of the events when I'm setting up, but other than that, there's not much I
0: can deal with. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I get the like, the performer's anxiety, like uh, if you're like if you're setting up a show or if you're gonna perform or whatever, you're gonna have some kind of anxiety because, like, to me that means that you actually give a shit about what you're doing, so. Yeah. So, uh, what, what does your, uh, what's your family think of your desire to get in the ring? They're a little nervous.
1: So it's been one thing
0: that I've wanted to do since I started watching. Do you have a good relationship with them? Yeah. Well, that's that's good. I mean, like a lot of people, you know. Uh, I know growing up, like, and and and, grow, and growing into the business, like, just talking to a couple people, and like, there's always. uh a split on on that. Some families are very, you know, like all for, you know, their kids, you know, or their brothers and the si- or sister, like going for their, their dream, and then some of them just, you know, like just shit on it completely. Yeah, that's
1: like, they're most so nervous of everything. But, right? like I tell them,
0: out here. have been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. You're in the Omaha area, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of those guys. Yeah, so we've got Stripe
1: out here. We've got Yellow Dog. We've got people I can not think of as to go by. Donnie Patrick
0: Cricket. Oh I love Donnie. Donnie could not think of his name. Yeah, I don't I love Donnie. Donnie's uh such a, he's a he's a great guy. Funny and oh yeah. I always loved working around him. Yeah, I
1: see. Yeah that's one thing that's like I know Donnie has both Patrick Cricket and Brandon. Yeah. So I'm sitting there I'm like, I know Brandon's not it. Rarely does he get booked as Brandon. Where's he at?
0: Nah. Like,
1: we've got him. We've got Tony. We've got Abu, who just recently retired. And guys still around
0: here and there? Yeah, there's a lot of the guys that I used to work around in the uh the Iowa, Nebraska circuit that uh that have like either stepped back or they moved on to other things. But yeah. yeah that's like I mean,
1: retired. I'm retired. i retired, but occasionally
0: makes
1: appearances here and there. Yeah. is retired. But it's I was like, why did I tell them again ninety five percent of the guys you see in this area hasn't been doing it for years.
0: Yes they have, yeah.
1: They've been doing it for years, they've traveled these rooms for years, and if anyone I
0: to step in the ring with, it's going to be a better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the chances of um, you getting in the ring with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing is... Hopefully, very minimal. Especially, I mean, not to make lo- like not to make your your situation like any uh, bigger of a deal than like it needs to be. But like, there's been guys in the business that have wrestled with disabilities before. I mean, Tommy Snow is Tommy Snow, and he's he's made a name for himself. So. <laughs> I mean, the guy wrestled with, it, like, the guy wrestled with MS, and, like, up until, like, a couple years ago, I mean. I was gonna say, up until, like, last year. Yeah, so, like, he's, like, if there, if there's a way, if there's it's a will, funny, there's a way. It's
1: like, let's be real, if MS did get as bad as it did with
0: him, he'd still be in the ring. Yeah, because he's a stubborn old bastard. Tommy, I know that you. I know you listen to the show, but you're a stubborn old bastard, and you know it. And I just really want to call him a bastard. You,
1: you can't deny it.
0: <laughs> I don't think he will. Like every conversation that I have with him, always ends with me calling him an asshole or a bastard or something, and that's just me saying that I love you in guy language. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So. Excuse me. Uh, with all this stuff, like the DJing and the desire to get into wrestling, what what do you what does Dustin do on his like? What what do you like to do to do like to to get your mind off of like life? Like, do you, is there like ho- other hobbies that you have because like. I know, like I know you. I know you said that you like you watch wrestling and stuff like that, but like and and you do the whole the do the whole DJing thing. But what do you do that's not like stre- that is completely stress free? Like you just do it because that's what you like do to like detach from the world. I'd say biking, but you know
1: that's my mode of transportation no matter what. It's
0: not. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, you can, yeah, biking but works, you know, I mean, it, it's just... I going
1: to say, do a lot of biking, I will usually, I'll have friends come
0: over, and hang know... out. So, whenever you're, whenever you're biking, um, is it, the, I mean, obviously, you have to get to, from point A to point B, uh, most of the times, but like, do you ever just kind of lose yourself in uh, in the world around you? Yeah, I. Funny I mean, story, I ended up. I was
1: about two days ago, I think it was. I was heading the work, riding through a neighborhood, because I'm not going to bike down people. And was not really paying attention. Knew that my turn was coming tough to get out of the neighborhood. And rode straight through the stop sign. And almost ran into a house.
0: Um, a car, I would understand. You know, um, fire hydrant. But how the fuck do you run, almost run into a house? <laughs> because what
1: it is is the turn for me to get out of the neighborhood has a, a circle right across from it. So instead of me turning, and I wasn't paying attention. Oh, I missed my turn, and just kept going straight. i are like, oh, shit. Almost jumped the curve. Missed the curve by like an eighth of an inch. I'm sitting and that wasn't a close one.
0: Yeah. That was a close one. I don't think the homeowner would have been very happy if he got home to see tracks in his yard. I mean, it could have been worse. You could have been, like, I don't know, like, in their window. I could have. There could have been a destined size hole in their door, you know, like, cartoon style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- I mean, I remember, like, whenever I was younger, um, I would, whenever I was riding my bike and stuff like that to go places, like, I once got so caught up in, like, just feeling the breeze on my face that I somehow managed to, like, ride to the, like, two towns over and didn't even fucking dawn on me where the fuck I was until, like, 20 minutes into me being in that town, I'm like, holy... Cr- I don't recognize this town. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. So, uh, What's is... okay.
1: kids? You pay attention to where the fuck you are.
0: Yeah, you should always pay attention to where the fuck you are. <laughs> I mean... I mean, the dumbasses on the road alone you know i mean i don't know how many like bike like bicycle accidents there there have been the, in the world the but like on the road
1: don't pay attention to but like you know maybe you should
0: yeah yeah <laughs> have you uh have you had any like close calls with uh, vehicles and stuff like that Not really i mainly stuck to
1: the neighborhood anyway so i don't get out on the busy streets too much unless you know there's no other option. Because there has been a few times where it came close, but mainly because I didn't want to freaking work. Hmm.
0: How often do you have that problem where, like, your, uh, your body just doesn't want to work with you? Well,
1: it was an odor bike, but it's mainly when I'll get going and my speed picks up. Well, it's like, I'm fine up until I hit about 30 miles an hour. Once I start getting into, like, Forty,
0: 30, forty-five
1: miles an hour. Then they don't usually
0: like to cooperate too much.
1: Yeah. Takes a little bit longer for it to slow down. Yeah, I bet. And you don't want to slam on because then you're gonna go head over heels,
0: <laughs> which is not fun. You know. I've had it happen a couple times It's not um, It's not as fun as um, You know Anyone ever Makes that out to be In like the movies Uh, It's always very Like It can Just like Being in the ring Or Like Doing household chores Like you're just like One Slip up One bad day Away from like Being fucked up Worse than you already are So
1: Yeah Yeah Like, I'm gonna But. I'm you know, it's It one thing I've learned to pay
0: attention for is freaking uh, speed Yeah, those son of a bitches are everywhere.
1: They're, they're fucking everywhere, and when you. At like twenty-five
0: miles an hour, and the dumbass parking lot manager or the dumbass city doesn't kind of worry about them. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can uh, that'll that that can cause you to have a bad day right there. I, no, I was. So I live off
1: of a hundred and. Fucking 130th of Maple. And I was riding through that neighborhood over here. Like got a street for me. These fuckers put the these are the head flying, in front of the fucking people. Now, how the fuck do you expect me to slow down within two feet?
0: Oh, I don't know. You might
1: as well just fucking set it right on top of the fucking speed bump. The speed bump ahead. Nah, shit. Could have warned me like ten feet back.
0: Well, why would they wanna? Why would they wanna warn you? There's no fun in that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but there's also no fun in messing up the bike either. Sorry, you know.
0: No, there's really no fun in that.
1: bonfire just me and fucking assholes.
0: So, um, what was uh, what was school like for you? Did you uh, were you, were you well liked, or did you did you have any issues in school?
1: It was an interesting, friggin' 12, 13 years, <laughs> to say the least. I've been very few people. Because that's how I've always been. It's never been too many people. The most I really talk to are days in the business. I talked to like two co-workers outside of work, and like two, three people from school, and
0: that's it. So, you just you were always kind of just like a uh, reserved, kind of standoffish. Yeah. How does that uh, How does that translate into, like, the people around you in school? Do uh did they just, did they leave you alone, or, you know, was there a lot of, like, uh, looks or glares? Did they think that you were going to be, uh, like, the next, like, like high school massacre? Shit. Like, no, friggin'. It was...
1: There were a lot of people that would come up and talk to. Be one of those where there are very few outside of those areas that I talk to. Um, the majority of my people, would just leave me be. Hmm. Well, I mean, uh, y-
0: I'm I'm glad there you know there's uh some people's high school life or their like their school life that just you get like if they're anything like that you were they were the ones that were had the targets on them so like I'm glad you were able to escape that whole thing because there's nothing worse than having a target on you. Yeah,
1: I talk to very few people during school. I talk to very few people outside
0: of work. Why? Uh, Why is that? Is, uh, it, is that just like? Do you just have like a like no desire to talk to people, or like do, are you a are you not a people person?
1: Well, it was more so I didn't want to open up to ever. There for years, I wouldn't talk to many people. Like, up until my junior year, a couple years ago, I didn't really talk to too many people. Junior year, I started opening up more. And then senior year, I didn't talk to too many, but I talked to the most in school that I ever
0: did. You said that, like, you didn't want to open up to people. Um, Why is that? Like, do you just have, like... Do you just not trust people, or was like yeah. was there like a like a ulterior like thing in your brain that it's you, know, you don't? Yeah, it was more so that I didn't
1: trust many people.
0: Now, speak on that. I mean, yeah. um, like what made you think that you couldn't trust these people that are like that are around you?
1: Um, um the majority of my schooling up until about freshman year, I want to say, I was picked on for years, made fun of. So I would talk to very few people. And then when I started realizing that there are some people out there that I could talk to, I started opening up.
0: Whenever you were that, whenever you had that target on you, whenever you were younger, like, what? How did how did that like? What was going through your mind? Like, uh, what? How how did you feel during all that? Like, did you have like a? Did you have that anxiety of like having to go back to school that next day, or, like, did you have like um, negative things in your head?
1: Yeah, there are definitely days that. But... I didn't want to go. I mainly went because I knew I could trust my teachers and they would get me out of the house. But there are definitely days where I didn't want to.
0: Did you, uh... What, uh, what was your motivation like to, um, like whenever all this is happening, what was, uh, I mean, cause I've, I've had it happen whenever I was younger too. Uh, and my motivation whenever all this was happening was that there was going to be one day that I was going to prove everybody wrong. Like that, like all these people that were targeting me and all these people that were, um, um, making fun of me for whatever reason that, you know, they were making fun of me for, uh, that I was, I was going to do something that I felt like I, I was going to, I was going to change the world. I always had that. I'm going to change the world mentality, but like, I, the older I get, the more I realize like, I may never change the world on a larger scale, but I can change somebody's world. So Yeah, that's like we were
1: a lot of it was the fact that I had a high metal and I've always been skinny.
0: Right. Yeah, I feel your pain, man. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it, man. Trust me, a fucking dude, you know, I get that. <laughs> trust
1: me, you're walking in and you're only 105, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, fucking, it's fucking horrible that um we live in a world where, like, skinny people like me and you and, like, several other people that I know that, like, we get all these people that, like, make these comments towards us, you know, like, rather they're muscular guys or they're, like, I'll call, I'll call it what it is. Like, these overweight, fat, disgusting people making fun of us for being skinny, but God forbid we reverse that and make fun of or make a comment in response to a larger person because then we're just, then it's called fat shaming. Where's the skinny shaming? Like, it's no what. Right? Like, when is it like? Why is it okay for people to like make fun of skinny people? But it's not okay if we, the skinny people, start firing back. Like, I don't know how many fucking times I ever heard coworkers, like classmates, or I don't know fucking like teachers. Always tell me like, oh, Shannon, you need to eat a sandwich. Eat a sandwich. You know, like I'm like, well, one day i eat a l- steak. Right? Yeah. Can. Like I've had like, all right. So I had a coworker at the time. I was I went into the back room in the break room, and there was like, uh, like four or five people back there and, at the break table, and then um. I was eating like I was eating a donut because I I I was I rushed around and I forgot to eat breakfast so like it was like eleven o'clock I was eating a donut just kind of to have something to eat. A coworker yeah. says, "Well, maybe you should eat like three or four of them, you know, and maybe you'll gain some weight." And I and by that point I had listened to this bitch for like a year and a half make these comments towards me. And finally, I was like, you know what, maybe if you would stop eating all of them, I wouldn't be able, or I would be able to eat more. And she looked like she was the victim.
1: Yeah, just not surprising.
0: So, like, and then I got in trouble for making that comment, because I was fat shaming. And I was like, this is some bullshit. This is that bullshit that is going on in the, the world where it's like total hypocrisy. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's
1: fucking like ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like, completely. Hold on... One second. Okay, yeah, all right. Sorry, folks, I had uh, some technical issues with my uh, microphone. It was uh, kept falling over. I think one of the legs is busted. So, all right. So, we're uh, we're coming up on time, Dustin. Um, so. Uh, this show like i like I told you is uh it's about mental health and um people that have, like average people doing extraordinary things battling the things that like nobody really likes to talk about you yourself have um uh what was it that you had again
1: uh, laser.
0: okay, that's a whole lot of fucking medical terms. <laughs> So you have, you know like you have like a medical condition. Um, so, of cerebral palsy. Okay. So, if you had a message for any of my listeners that are um, listening that go through these tough times, or maybe they have, you know, a medical issue of their own. Like yours or somewhere close to yours that have like something like cere- c- cerebral palsy um, but you you have this drive you have this passion to want to do something with your life and not be n- known as your diagnosis what would you tell the people in uh, of my audience to inspire them to never give up?
1: Because whatever you do, don't give up on your dreams. There have been several people who have had issues who have gone on to great things in this world. Don't give up. Don't listen to the nice things. Because if I listen to everything that everyone said I shouldn't do, I wouldn't do shit.
0: Alright. So alright, so one more time before we end this, uh why don't we uh want not you go ahead and plug your your business, your your DJing, uh one more time. So uh go ahead and uh plug away, man. DJ B you can find me on Facebook at DJB Call me
1: at zero two Five seven eight nine eight zero
0: seven. Or you can email me at at yahoo.com. Okay, make sure that you uh, you send me uh, all that stuff so I can put it in the description for the for the show. Um, I will. And uh, Dustin, thanks for coming on. Uh, we had to do a little bit of a yo yo on the on the scheduling, but I am very appreciative that you came on the show. Um, you're. Uh, passionate dude and a strong man and I'm glad that I have got a chance to talk to you um I hope that everything works out for you and you're able to accomplish that dream of getting in the ring though bro so it's the it was the best time of my life and I know um whether your body can handle it or not that like just taking one bump is, can change your life so
1: one bump is more than a lot of people have taken
0: exactly so All right, Dustin, thanks very much for joining me, and uh, we'll catch you down the road. I want to thank Dustin for coming on the show. Um, You know, like I've always said, that this show was for everybody, you know, Uh, and how I had a desire to talk to people that I didn't know. Um, So yeah, I didn't know hardly anything about Dustin um we were friends on facebook and you know like i have so many friends that like i don't really keep track of like what goes on with everybody so um but it's nice to know that um a guy that is was diagnosed with a rare form of cerebral palsy refuses to give up on his goals and his dreams um and we can all take take solace in the fact that no matter how many times we get knocked down it's not about getting knocked down it's about getting up and I thoroughly believe that if you are truly dedicated, then you can and you will achieve your dreams. Uh, and to Dustin, I, like, dude, if, um, if, if there's anything in this world that I love the most is the people that have dreams. Um, I, I, this isn't our moment of zen, but uh, one of the quotes that I've always kind of lived by was uh, dreams come at no expense unless you've dreamt your life away. So to all you Dustin and to all you people that are listening, it's it's not just about having a dream. You know, it's about going after your dream. When you take a look at the world around us, there like Martin Luther King had that famous I have a dream speech where he talked about racial injustice and and racism not being a factor, and everyone just looking at each other the same way. Um, it was nice to, it, it's nice to have that dream. There's another choice in like how we get, how you get there. So all those times that you have, you thought to yourself, "This is what I want to do. This is how I want my life to be. This is my dream." What are you doing to go get it? You know, what are you doing? Are you one of those people that just says you have a dream, that this is my dream, I'm going to do this, and you don't do shit about it? Or are you one of those people where you take the bull by its horns and the balls and you just fucking go for it? You take that leap of faith, you take that jump. With or without this pair with or without a parachute, you make a leap to chase your dreams, and to me, that's that's what Dustin's doing. Hats off to you, sir. I appreciate everybody that does what they have always dreamed of doing. I mean, let's face it: this world needs more dreamers. It needs more people that live off, you know, passion. That's what I think there's so many people out there that are passionate about things but there's not really too many people that are passionate to do something about it. To make an effort. That's all that I ask you guys to do. Make that effort. You can and will change the world. Large or small, one person's world, or the entire fucking galaxy. Every single one of you has that ability. Now, we come to our moment of reflection, our zen moment, whatever the hell we're calling it these days, but I'm going to leave you with this. There's this quote by Roy T. Bennett. If you want to fly... You have to give up what weighs you down. This has been in your head with Shannon Stanford. I, Shannon Stanford, to all of you out there that have been listening to the show, I appreciate you all, and I love you all. Till we meet again, love, peace, and chicken grease. I'm
1: out.